I'm Krista, the founder and CEO of Vitrina Group. And I'm Jay, the lead producer of content at Dutchie. And this is Pot of Flowers, the official podcast of Hall of Flowers, an industry-only, highly curated business-to-business show designed to facilitate commerce between licensed cannabis brands and retailers. This podcast, which is recorded on-site at Hall of Flower shows, highlights brands, retailers, and industry leaders at the forefront of the emerging cannabis industry. You can find more information about the podcast and the show at halloflowers.com. On this episode, we connect with Tony Shelton. Tony is a head of marketing, comms, and innovation at Collective Project, and the conversation took place at the inaugural Hall of Flower show in Toronto in September 2022. And this was super insightful, sort of brand expansion from beer to cannabis, Krista. Yeah, thinking about how you build a brand in other markets, then when it translates, a big part of this conversation was thinking about the customer and how they bring brands across their life and that they've been able to really build a brand that exists in two different categories, purchased in two different verticals, but both live in the customer's fridge. At home. They do. And you'll find out that many of collective, <laughs> collective, especially on the beer side, have lived in the fridge at the Rosenthal's house for some time. If you listen closely, you can find out what Dara Solomon, my wife, likes to drink. Let's get to it. Tony, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Uh, what we're asking everybody to do as we kick this off is name, title, company, what you do. And then we'll get into the juicier stuff. Great. Tony Shelton. I work for Collective Project uh, and Collective Arts Brewing. Um, so I work on both sides of the business. My title is Director of Marketing, Communications, and Innovation on both. So I wear appro- just a couple hats. approximately six hats. Wow. Depends how you cut the- I was going to say you wear a lot of cool hoodies is what I was going to say. Yeah. And that actually, <laughs> that's actually a real thing that I do. I wear a lot of cool Collective Arts hoodies and Collective Project hoodies. Um, I, I'm, there's a couple places I want to start, but We'll start there on the collective arts, collective, like visually, it's what I think attracts most people, I don't know, many people, all people to the brand, certainly in the beer side where you can see it more. But talk a little about that because I feel like that's part of the very compelling story about collective. For sure, yeah. I mean, so on the on the beer side, as you said, we work with artists from around the world. Um, you know, we started t- next year will be our tenth anniversary in in the beer and the beer business. Um, our call for art on the beer side uh, always open. Anyone from around around the world can, can su- submit. We hire a panel of jury um, from different aspects of like creative industries. Um, we pay every artist that's chosen, and I think you know up up until now we we're probably at. 2,000, 3,000 artists that we featured over the last 10 years, which is pretty awesome. That's wild. Yeah, it's, That's a, pretty, big it's number. a big number. And I think 40, it's a lot to manage. <laughs> 40 countries are represented there too. You know, we've had someone submit, we've had people submit from uh, Iran and Iraq, and I'm like, how uh, did you hear about us? Right. Um, <laughs> so naturally, you know, uh, beer making, gin making, cannabis beverages were next on the list for us. Um, it, but we quickly learned that it's not going to be as easy to uh, have our, the same brand story as we did uh, with beer, but we're trying our best to leverage it working within uh, the regulations. Uh, I want to get to that too, but <laughs> I was telling you before we got on, and you said, no, 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 let's press record. Um, I, I feel like there was like a collective installation um, at Welcome Cannabis on College Street near where I live. And I was like, oh, and it, I don't even know when it was, but it was like, you hadn't been, like the products hadn't been on shelves that long. And I was like, oh, collective. 
Like that, like that's something that certainly in Ontario and like people know. Yeah, but it's interesting. I mean, honestly, up until like being at Hall of Flowers, I haven't really got to experience that reaction with people oh. before because I've been so like, uh, yeah, I've been so kind of, you know, we're, we're in the office, we're dealing with our sales team and our our producers and right. like, I don't get to see that reaction from people, but so many people, oh, like, like collective arts and yeah. like, yes, yeah. we're putting it together. Yeah, this yeah. is so great. But it is interesting because um, I'm going to choose my words carefully here. Okay. There were others before legalization that like launched beer with the intent of like launching cannabis products out of that. You very authentically were a beer company, right? And, mm -hmm. then, and then expanding the brand, expanding the portfolio to cannabis products, but very, I think, I think authentically. Yeah, and, and authentically. I, yeah, you know, I, I, think that, I think so. And like, um, like that, but also into a new category. Like it's also like everybody knows beer and every, you know, a lot of people know collective, but like a cannabis beverage is actually something a lot of people have. World. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, the reason why we th thought we could we, we could exist there is we think that the consumers are, are obviously craft beer consumers are experiential, they're creative, they want to try new things. Um, we think we could lend some expertise in that area in the beverages. We we were pretty proud of the liquid we make. Uh, we don't compromise on ingredients or you know flavors. We're not in a business to race to the bottom. We make premium products, and so we really wanted to just take all of that authentic um, innovation and all the things we've learned in making good beer and try to make really good cannabis beverages. I, I think you are. <laughs> Sample size of one. We're pretty, I think you are. pretty proud of it. <laughs> well, I was also going to say, it's like, what is, you mentioned earlier that you have heard some things since being here that like yeah. you haven't had the opportunity to hear before. Have you heard feedback around your product that you weren't expecting to hear since you've been here? I think it's the um, the quantity of the feedback. Like we definitely, obviously the numbers speak speak well. We have the number one selling in, in OCS and, and beverages. So obviously that's great. Um, but actually coming here and uh, being like person to person and hearing every single buyer and retailer come up to us and you know you're not my favorite beverage like that I, I remind everyone that I can hear that till I'm blue in the face <laughs> please don't stop right, please uh, tell me are, more we are still a small team and all of that goes straight directly to our hearts so we definitely appreciate that but yeah having face to face with people and you know that's the the thing we on the beer side culture and creativity and hanging out with people and having awesome experiences are all are why we're in the business uh, so I think this uh, is awesome that we can, we're just on the tipping edge here of uh, being able to have that same thing in cannabis, thanks to Hall of Flowers. One of the things that I think about like a lot when we were kind of like planning the floor plan and also walking around the show in the last two days, you're also one of the only groups here that hasn't expanded into multiple categories. Your offering is really tight. Um, and I think that like speaks a lot to where we are going in the industry and being like really, really good in an, a specific area and like owning the moat of that. And from a, a consumer also being able to create trust in that specific area. Like I would say personally, you, I think you single handedly have actually increased the trust of customers in beverages. What would you That's, say? Yes, because yeah. it, it, part of that is, I mean, First and foremost, this is cuts across every conversation we've had about any product. Like, it needs to be good. Like, it needs to be really good. Or else nobody cares two shits where you come from, right? It needs to be really good. And you have trust built in other categories. And it's really good. Like, it's, it's sort of self... It, it helps. Like, it bolsters both. 
Yeah, we always like to say, you know, we try to be creative on the inside and on the outside. It's, <laughs> you can't have one. <laughs> right, right. And, and the blood orange, that is the jam. Yes, it is the jam. We also have a beer called Jam of the Mash. No, I know. Yes. That, well, that one, that one has that. We have a lot of at our house. That's oh, nice. like my, I, I could say I like it, but I don't drink it. But my wife loves it and that's her thing. And so we do get that. People love that. But she likes this too. Oh, and that, this is not a, it's not a women's drink. Like I love this one too. Um, and how we use it, not that everybody has, but we split one. Yeah, perfect. I and, think that's what we're trying to, you know, that's what we're trying to to do and that's the next phase for us is really trying to like show that they can be shareable they're for social experiences <laughs> the days of you know eating a brownie or this is not what we're we're <laughs> not doing that it's going to make you feel good the offset will make you feel like a zombie um have it by yourself but also share it and you know bring it to the party instead of your case of beer or maybe both but not we have it before we go out here now yeah i think a lot of people do yeah. I, don't, I don't know a lot of people i, I don't like I have it before we go out. Like the, it's not a roadie. We're not it's driving like a anywhere. Free but game. It is because by the time, like it's not. A, it's a pretty quick onset. But like, by the time you're there, like it's unlike, unlike your beer. Uh -huh. Like beer, you have to drink like in real time, and then it kicks in. But like this, you drink it, it kicks in. You're, you're like. Yeah, you're set. Yeah, you're set. Yeah, it's. Uh, we're pretty. We're pretty happy with the emulsion, but. Uh, you know, going back to like being methodical and very arti like articulate and authentic yeah. in what we wanted. Like we spent a lot of time making sure we had the right, the right flavor profiles, the right ingredients, the right like the right emulsion. We we talked to everyone we could find, and we ended up our CEO. Uh, you know, basically convinced Rotosa out of California to start to come to Canada. So we're pretty proud of you know f forming that relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it's obviously paid off because we really love uh, the emulsion that we've got in the product. I want to ask a question because, uh, yes, obviously, because a lot of these conversations happen at Hall of Flowers, but also I assume like sales reps around when they're going door to door uh, to, to retailers. Like, what is that conversation like? Because retailers, I think, have become accustomed to carrying an array of beverages. It's a great add-on product to round up people's baskets. See what I did there, Krista? Cross-selling. Cross-selling. Uh, Cross-selling. And, and, um, but, but talk about when you say, like, is it like, hey, we have a beer, now we have this? Or is it more like, we think collective products are just amazing, standalone on its own? And by the way, people might recognize the brand and want it. I think right now we're in the latter uh, option there just because we, uh, we're a small lean team and quite frankly, uh, not entirely sure how we can cross sell right. the two products right, right, right. very legally. Right. Um, so we try our best to you know work with our lawyers on what we can and cannot say or do with between the two uh, industries. But I will say we're launching um, edibles like gummies, and the reason we think we can be in gummies is you know we basically are taking the same flavor profiles and putting them into a candy gummy yeah. form, um, the blood orange vanilla yuzu and the mango pineapple. Um, so we're stoked on that. Uh, that should be launching in the November launch in the OCS. I was going to say, what's the drop date on that? <laughs> <laughs> but I think, yeah, so that's going to be like those two. We can start cross-selling yeah, uh, yeah. together. I, you know, I've been telling a lot of retailers today, it'd be very interesting to see how the consumer reaction is, you know, is that does upselling those two products together makes make sense and is it working? Um, but yeah, it's that's the the beer uh cannabis crossover is, is very little right now yeah but it is interesting um and this is i don't even know how you pull data from this but like the idea that there's like uh infused seltzers now not like beverage uh alcohol seltzers that have like i don't know over the past five years it's like bananas yeah um 
like I wonder if that eases people's conversation, like drinking something other than beer, and I don't know, getting intoxicated. I don't even know what the right what the words I'm trying to say, but like, has it opened even more to beverages that are infused with anything? You like are, in terms of like people the sober curious movement. Yeah, like sober curious, but also like it's okay to drink stuff that's not beer. Like, yeah, I think so. I think everyone. It feels like everyone's up for anything now. They're yeah. willing to try something different, and I definitely feel like the you know the stigma around cannabis is we're a good starting place for a lot of those consumers and even you know people who are going sober or for whatever reason just toning it down on the on the beer side and quite frankly yeah we we're, we're seeing the, see that too, yeah. the beer side is flat if not down um and so i think it's people are changing their habits for better or different um but yeah i i think i don't i can't say for sure that it's like taking up part of the market share that is declining over <laughs> here but uh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> but I also think like if you if you back out and zoom out even of alcohol and cannabis and we think about like fa- flavor profiles of beverages, what beverages have looked like. We in the last 5 years really we've seen a big evolution in terms of what what a quality flavor beverage looks like. Like purple isn't really a flavor right, per right. se, you know? And so I, hey, I think like the complexity around by Gatorade. <laughs> oh no. Petrina group sued by Gatorade. Like what? <laughs> pink flavor. Oh, what pink flavor <laughs> and so it's like understanding and being able to back out and say, what are the mass trends yeah. around food and beverage? And where can we take some of those insights and bring them back into an industry that we, we don't have a lot of data on. Right. Yeah. It, is it is new but ultimately the same the customer is experiencing these other trends in all other areas of your life so when you're like oh yeah it's very difficult to promote the beer and the cannabis in the same environment 100 percent. but the reality is is when a customer is at home those things are living simultaneously probably side by side in the fridge that becomes a touch point for like you as a category like the way it's set up it's it's not great but like the touch points that we do have side by side, it's like really authentic for the consumer or buyer, you know, when they do find out that we're part of the brand that they already know and love, it's, yeah, it's it's a, it's a great uh, a great feeling. Well, I think the other thing, like talking about innovation and what you do and communicating it authentically, like I'm not sure five years ago, but definitely not 10 years ago, you could have launched something called Blood Orange Yuzu and Vanilla and have people be like, what? Huh? Like, what's, what's the Yuzu? middle word? But now it's like, oh, like, I know that. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's. It's an evolving taste, and it, it of course is is for a demo, like people that would try that or it's the right. But it's not it's not like something way out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, it's interesting. Blood Orange is um, very like trendy and very popular, and one of the things we're working on with uh, Zentrella is a partner that I know those is dudes. Helping. Yeah, they're like I, this is not what they do, so you're going to describe it better. But like <laughs> they'll measure your brain waves, right? Yeah, I mean yeah. that was a very concise way of saying it. Um, <laughs> They, yeah, they use brainwave technology to help understand, like, the different onset times, mm-hmm. offset times, um, you know, how it's affecting your brain, if it's a good or bad, or mm-hmm. how high and what your peak is. Um, and so it's been interesting, like, we've been able to launch some communications campaigns around the facts that they've been able to prove in scientific studies um, and then put that on our POS. Mm-hmm. I was going, where was I going with this? We were talking about blood orange. Um, one of the interesting things is that we think, and again, this is a bit of a, of a, of a guesstimate at this point, but um, comparatively to our competitors in Ontario, our, our drink at the same dose has uh, leaves you feeling uh, on average uh, more uh, happy and pleasant and uh, uplifted comparatively to other 10 milligram uh, beverages. And 
we're kind of like starting to associate with the actual flavor and the, um, you know, the blood orange and vanilla, obviously leaving you feeling like pretty happy. Yeah. <laughs> and whether that's nostalgic or how that how that works, it's probably it could be placebo. But, you know, it definitely plays into and it just goes to show that, you know, it's all it's it's truly a, a 360, uh, you know, product that you have to it has to be it has to have all of it. Um, perception of color also, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Like the familiarity of color. There was, um, it's funny that you're saying that there was a lot of research done what that um, gave people different color mugs to try hot chocolate. And hot chocolate came back with best results that the, the flavor tasted the best in an orange mug. Mm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's so cool. So it's like it, it's it's the entire package. It's a it's about the consumer experience, not just in flavor and the quality of the product, but also like the look and feel and being able to influence perception of value. Totally. I love this conversation. Me too. I wonder. I wonder, and and I don't know if there's data supporting this, but like, we've talked to a lot of flower companies. Obviously, it's all flowers. And there's lots of people selling lots of different kinds of flower pre rolls the whole bit, and the flower consumer like that, like hardcore flower consumers, like always looking for the next hype thing. Yeah. I, I want to, my, my sense is that that's actually not the case in beverages. Like, just like you buy the same beer, well, you know, like people buy the beer at the same time. Like I just said, I had the jam in my, like yeah. you buy that. And there's always variations on that or like special occasion, not supposed to get all that. But like, I would think that beverages might be a stickier purchase because you way. know exactly, like you want the flavor. So you've made some decision about flavor, effect, whatever it is. And that's the thing you want, which is why. I, I, maybe that's not true. I don't know. but I mean, I think it's a good, I think it's likely true, at least right now, because the, in, the industry and the category is still so small. Like yeah. in, in craft beer, and I know you're a loyalist to JAMA for your <laughs> wife is, but uh, while you, well, she probably still is a loyalist to JAMA, she's probably like splitting her basket with um, a bunch of other local A Ontario hazy IPA is what she likes. Okay, so she's, a, she's the anomaly. She yeah. only supports collective parts. We love her. <laughs> Committed. She's Shout retained. She's wife. <laughs> retained customer. <laughs> she is. Um... But so we do find like that, uh, you know, the on the beer side, our, one of our challenges, how do we get more of the basket? Because it's such an exper- experiential right. consumer. But I, I think I think you're probably right right now. Like it, it, when you find something consistently good, then you like the effect. Uh, why why go somewhere else? Okay, I have a question about data, actually. Okay. You When you're talking about like basket analysis and thinking about what your, what the beer products are that get purchased frequently together, what does that data look like? Um, I mean, we're, we're just at the beginning with cannabis and understanding what really is going into baskets and what the customer purchasing behavior is. But I'd love to know like how that has influenced decisions in the beer that you would pick up and potentially use as insights into cannabis. It's a good question. Um, <laughs> I think... I don't know if we've got there yet. I don't know if we've even really drawn, like, like I said before, I'm not sure we're fully, um, we're fully understanding the full connectivity between the two groups. Um, but you know, on the beer side, we we use data to inform most of like our our innovation and our points of distribution and our sales strategy and, and all of that. We work with the sales agency, so I, I maybe can't speak to some of those like specific details, but. I don't think, and there, it's just such a different, like in, in Ontario and beer, we have 12 listings at the LCBO um, and such a, such a bigger business um, for us. Uh, so right now our focus is really just like 
get products on the shelf and keep them in stock. <laughs> right. Right. So it's I, good, it's I a good can't foundation. Wait, yeah, I can't wait to get to the point where we're looking at and being able to sit down and look at all the data. But yeah, right now focus is like get product made and sell it. <laughs> yeah. It's a good focus. Yeah. If you have to have one, that's a good you know, to like start with. Starting yeah. ground 101 uh, sales for dummies. That's keep it on shelf. Yeah. I really like it. Step one. Yes. yes. Well, you, that's, that, actually, that's actually a topic that got brought up earlier because the CEO of the OCS said, yeah, we watch products come to market, sell out, and then can't um, refresh the uptake of inventory and ultimately end up losing traction with retailers, yeah. which in the buying product of that is that you lose traction with your customer too. Yeah, we were in BC uh, and we couldn't uh, fulfill a PO and we are no longer in BC. Yeah. <laughs> that is yeah. a painful, it's painful. learning I, curve. Uh, if any of the board uh, people that talk to me are listening, I beg for forgiveness. They, I got on phone calls with all of them and they're like, you should talk to her. And I, I'm like, I did talk to her. A lot of apologies. Like, the I'm apology really sorry, tour. You know, we're a small team. Um, we're really working to working out the kinks. Um, but I think we are, we have actually worked out the kinks. So, yeah. and we also had some learnings to do as did everyone else. Uh, no one really wants a three and three good uh, drink right now. I don't know exactly why. I have a few guesses. I do. But, okay. Perceived value. <laughs> I mean, I think it's everything we're talking about, but what? And go for it. I'm no, I would yeah, say no. I, I would have a no. There's no secret. <laughs> I would like a three and three drink, but I know that that's not. Like, I don't know. I I um, I I just I'm fascinated with that. I, obviously, we spend a lot of our time talking about cannabis, cannabis market, blah, blah, blah. but specifically, like, I just think that case studies of beverages is so unique because it was not like new industry, new products, like new industry, new products, new form factor that, like. I, there are not a lot or were never a lot of like legacy cannabis beverages. Like it wasn't a thing. Yeah, it's no, not, it wasn't a no, built out no, like heritage yeah. cannabis brand where like, you want to put their poster in your garage. Yeah. Right, right. And now there is like <laughs> Or uh, like your local plug wasn't showing up with a trunk full of beverages, right, beverages. that yeah. he made at home. He's like, which yeah, water bottle would you yeah, like? Right. I got these new formulations. What those two are? That's <laughs> like yeah. But I, I, I your insight is super interesting and valuable to what will be our podcast audience. And we look forward to following the success of Collective Project and all the hoodies as well. Lots of hoodies <laughs> coming down the pipeline. We're going to be but, a hoodie business. But I also think that the, the study along like, I don't know if the right word is like brand extension, like from the beer to other factors to then to gummies. Like I, I do think that's an interesting one to track and follow because I think, I think the brand has always been strong. I thought that before you were launching cannabis beverages, but I think it's an um, interesting thing to follow across different sort of verticals. Yeah, thank you. I think uh, we, at the end of the day, if I were to give you the cold notes, I think Collective Arts, uh, truly, like from the CEO and the founders, they are these like, you know, gritty, creative dudes that pretty much hate the, the mainstream. Uh, I hate the establishment. And yeah, <laughs> Say it quietly. Yeah. <laughs> the establishment's listening. No, I'm just yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, 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 it's okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, just at the end of the day, it's like, how can we uh, make really good shit, bring more creativity into the world and, and you know, make people feel good uh, as much as we can. So it's it's pretty been a pretty awesome journey. Amazing. With that, with that thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you for great. having so much. me. This you was lovely. It. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pot of Flowers. Once again, I'm Krista Raymer of Vitrina Group. You can find me at vitrinagroup.com and on LinkedIn. And I am Jay Rosenthal from Dutchie, and you can find me at business.dutchie.com or on LinkedIn.
For more information about this podcast and the Hall of Flowers series of events, visit holloflowers.com. <laughs>